0: Alrighty, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Worldcraft Club podcast and today is a very special episode. Why is it special you ask? Because I have with me here Zach Goings, creative director of Stoneworks Games, who is joining us to talk about his latest product. What's going on, Zach?
1: How's it going?
0: Yeah, it's good. I've got a cup of tea in me, um, but I just changed all of my cat's litter boxes, so the entire house smells faintly of urine. I hope you're doing much better.
1: No, that 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 tracks. That's
0: that's, <laughs> that's
1: I'm a, I'm about in the same boat. I don't have any tea in me, but but the the urine but, smell is strong as I also recently changed the litter boxes. <laughs>
0: Well, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cat, cat, cats, I, I love my cats. One my, one is sitting here right now watching me do this and will no doubt knock the microphone over when she decides to leave the room. But uh, yeah, they they are they are foul, foul creatures. And speaking of foul, foul creatures, what is it you're making? What is it you're making? Why do we have you on here?
1: Okay, so I guess here we're talking about our project for Zine Quest 3, which is the Lights mm. of Winthrop Manor. Yeah. It's a... 5e one-shot adventure that kind of flips 5e on its head a little bit by using the commoner core system created by our friends over at bite Size gaming and the drifters atlas Hmm. um so that kind of revolves around level zero play and um, classless play so that you're not necessarily part of a class Um, you just have your background and your your lineage so to speak and and the little perks you get from there and Uh you are just a lowly commoner so yeah, yeah. We decided to take that and try and do something scary with it as we <laughs> want to do over at Stoneworks.
0: Yeah, that that seems to be like the challenge of horror and and like blending it with d d is an interesting thing. Can can you tell me a little bit about like um I I guess like how that interplay works? Cuz d Swords and Sorcery usually the 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 theme is all the characters are badasses and the game revolves around them being badasses and and their badassery but yeah. horror is not like that like horror right. asks for different things so so like take me through this how do you how do you change DD to make this work
1: right so that's kind of been my biggest challenge going yeah. into it is i created stoneworks expressly with the intent of mostly putting out horror content for fifth edition mm. um that's not all we're ever going to do but that will be our our bread and butter so to speak so yeah you a lot of times you go into it and situations that you might find in a horror movie or horror novel or some other type of horror pop culture don't really mesh or track as well um with the sword and sorcery type of theme yeah 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 um you are bigger better stronger braver than a lot of things that are out there yeah so going into creating our setting that this our larger setting um, that we can talk more about another time yeah, yeah. that this adventure the lights of Winthrop Manor takes place in it serves as an introduction we you know Zach Goins over at Bite sized different Zach Goins for those listening <laughs> no relation um, no relation at all um, he came to me with the idea to do the zine for zine quest 3 yeah. and on Kickstarter and asked if we wanted to use his level zero commoner core system that they developed over there. And I thought that that would work perfectly with, you know, the type of element that we're going for with horror and a way to really bring it to life in a way that hasn't been done in D and D that I've seen or really been able to pull off um, in, in my own games. Hmm. Um, I've been slowly working at it for years as a DM on how to perfect
0: How to bring horror into it. Yeah.
1: How to bring horror into it. Cause that's, that's really my, my big passion when it come, comes to narratives um, is implementing horror. So I wanted to find a way to implement horror effectively. And I took it a step further by thinking of what the least scary horror element in D&D currently is. And what I came up with is a haunted house. Yeah. there is no instance where I've ever run a haunted house type scenario effectively mm-hmm. in in D and d because it's ghosts
0: yeah 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 once you get can... to
1: a high enough level they are yeah and even even barring the level barrier they're still not that scary they yeah. they might be frightening from a mechanical standpoint but not so much from a narrative standpoint yeah. or a thematic standpoint um mm-hmm. so what I wanted to do is kind of really take that up a notch and and make it a scary encounter one shot in a haunted house the starting point for that being this commoner core level zero system the next step was to create some truly unique and interesting monsters for it that really fit a haunted house ghost type theme and kind of take that to its next logical conclusion by making it more than just okay this is a ghost they have personalities they have yeah. things about them that mm-hmm. when you read through the adventure that JVC Perry has written for us you get a good sense of where the horror is coming from from these specific ghosts he did yeah. a, a fantastic job of really directing that towards you know towards the dm to reflect back to the players of exactly why this is creepier than just saying, Oh, it's a ghost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or are you, are you willing to divulge some of your secrets here? Like I'd love to know uh, some of the specifics, you know, like, is there, is there a good example that comes to mind of a particularly horrifying ghoulie that you've got in there?
1: So one of them in particular that we're working on um, and this one specifically is not a ghost more akin to a zombie. Um, Mm. But without giving too much away yeah yeah, by the the time this this airs it'll be pretty close to the end of the kickstarter anyway so this Uh, should be fun so the one that really stuck out to me that was one of my favorites was Mm. regarding this new monster called a butchered corpse yes essentially a zombie that has been butchered and then stitched back together um the way he's written it is when the players enter the kitchen they see the table the big butcher block in the middle um and upon touching it and that that's the way he's written this is a lot of times when players touch certain things they interact with it and with visions and they can mm. see things that have happened in the past to the people who have previously been invited to dinner in this manner um yeah yeah so they're seeing the previous owner um butchering a man they see him with a cleaver hacking away at something only to and the way he's written it is fantastic to see that it's a man um, that is being butchered. And that's paraphrasing the little yeah. blurb that he's <laughs> written for it is yeah. far more frightening yeah, um, yeah. and intense.
0: And then after that, some things happen is all I'll say. <laughs> um, no, that's OK. We, we have a strong, a strong uh, permission to be coy fixture in this in this in this show we we love it um totally yeah i no i i like that now is the thing i like about it as well is that um even down to the to the naming of your of your creatures there's a there's a sense in which like you can you can evoke different imagery mm-hmm. even from a slight change in naming convention it's not it's not a zombie it's a butchered corpse like mm-hmm. that has a different feel to it it seems like you're so, so one of the great things that um, uh, Fallout 4 did um, as much as uh, as much as I crap on fallout 4's narrative but the, um, the one of the things I really loved about it was their atmospheric storytelling mm-hmm. and there was a lot of times in that game where you would wander around places and you would get a sense of the story and and I get a strong um, sense of that from what you're making. It seems as if a lot of what you're trying to do is, um, show a lot of what's going on without giving too much away. I, I feel like horror often exists in the margins. We're often better at imagining what could have happened than we are at actually seeing it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this really fits like the, I think the, like the essence of world building, right. Is that like people build, uh, the creator just makes scaffolding, and the people that are witnessing it kind of put the flesh and bones on it and they create the world around it. And horror mm-hmm. is like the distilled essence of that idea. It's just like right. here's a thing, and you just and all you need to do is there's a butcher's knife in a block surrounded by blood. And it sounds you know, it sounds like the image gets a little bit more explicit, but you leave that room in there for people's imaginations to mm-hmm. wander. Is, is is do you find like that's been um been kind of a consistent theme through what you've been creating?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of fun and you are absolutely right. It's horror most effectively, not always, but more often than not most effectively is conveyed through what you don't see and what you don't know. Yeah. Uh, There are notable exceptions, but, Mm -hmm. and that, that's something that, that Josh um, really took to heart when he was writing it. Yes. There are these instances where players have these flashbacks they can see these memories of what happened to really convey the horror, but yeah. these are few instances and they are truly, truly gruesome um, mm-hmm. in ways that convey horror that way and what you do see. But the majority of the adventure is based in what you don't see or things that you just barely see. Yeah. Um, and we we don't necessarily, the things that you see or you don't barely, or that you barely see are not explicitly written into the adventure. They are things that DMS can make up themselves or things that we have alluded to or little things that we've given them that they can drop in here or there, wherever they want.
0: Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's exactly what, what I was, what I was hoping for. I was really curious about this because um, I've, I've never run modules. I've always done, I've always done homebrewed stuff mm-hmm. and, um, John, one of the things that he does, John Bell, uh, you know, contributor from time to time with the show and on the Dumpstat podcast, he Mm -hmm. will, um, his thing is he likes to use modules and he likes to graph them into his own worlds. Mm -hmm. So he does, he's actually done blogs on our, um, on our blog, funnily enough, uh, talking about how, um, to take these things and like match them in together. But one of the things I've always like struggled with, with modules is, is how much they kind of hand you. And Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's really, really neat to me. And I love hearing you say this, that you're effectively like sometimes just giving the DM, like a cue, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. a little bit of like, here's some stuff, you know, take mm-hmm. that and you, you run with it if you want, you know, you leave it mysterious if you want to. And it's like, I'm, I'm kind of getting kind of a vision of, of, of something between Saw and Lovecraft for what you guys have made. Like, yeah. and, uh, that's, that's fascinating to me because that, that is the ultimate mixture of, um, like showing everything the kind of, the, the sort of, um, body shock body horror kind of Mm -hmm. element of it and then also the uh, holy freaking crap like there's a giant mystery and cosmic horror here and i just simply don't understand what i'm seeing that's an interesting line to straddle yeah that's tricky yeah
1: Yeah. and it's it's been so much fun to finally take take those elements because i do i've done a lot of short story writing in my day a lot of it has been horror or that's rad or weird poetry type stuff. Um, <laughs> none of it I've actually published. I've just got it all sitting on really? my hard drive. Yeah, I've never published any of it, but maybe one day. Um, yeah. But it so I've spent a lot of time writing all these weird mm-hmm. and horrific things, and it was it's like you said that's a really great way to put it, like straddling saw and and Lovecraft. Yeah. Um, because that's definitely how it feels, and. It's just those those little cues that kind of make them meet in the middle with this standard run-of-the-mill type of ghost story that just takes these two larger things and seams them together to where you don't see that standard run-of-the-mill ghost story. Yeah. But it's what's there binding it all together.
0: Yeah. Yeah like it seems like that the whole thing of giving giving someone enough rope to hang themselves with seems mm-hmm. a very apt metaphor here because like you're 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 giving them just enough to work with mm-hmm. and so so you're using this you're using this level 0 like cometer system right mm-hmm. so i'm assuming the players have precious few hit points is combat going like like how is is there combat is it is it mostly a a narrative format is there a is there a a lovecraft style madness mechanic or something that we're that we'll see in there
1: um all of those things yeah so <laughs> yeah it it runs the way that i would describe it yeah, is yeah. less traditional fifth edition dnd and okay. and kind of like Blurring the lines between that and uh, Call of Cthulhu, great a uh, role-playing yeah. game. Hmm. Um, madness is a huge element of it. We've got the tables. We've got a few new uh, ways to to implement madness as well. Yeah. Um, we did a lot with um, with aging, as you know, because that that would seem to be a cool mechanic to play with. To me, is ghosts not necessarily harming you so much as you are scared to the point of losing years of your life. Wow. Um, Okay.
0: Like the torture device in princess bride. mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. Um, No, that's, that's fascinating. Sorry. Yeah. I I can tell. Is There is
1: combat. You could stay and fight the way the commoner core system is designed is you have a, a pool of luck points, a luck score, which you can use to roll to, quote unquote, push your luck. Um, Once it's gone, it's gone. Mm. You don't get it back. You don't regain it. So you have to be very careful with it. But you can do this, use it in a number of ways to give yourself an advantage, mostly out of a situation. Maybe you're using it if you're trying to stand and fight some of these things, but they are all stronger than you. You're level zero. Yeah, We have only one challenge rating, zero monster in the whole adventure. All the rest of them, while they don't, Approach one
0: wait when you're talking about challenge rating that's the um the the system effectively for measuring how how Mm -hmm. ba your monsters are right so zero would be the appropriate one-to-one this party is equipped to handle this Mm -hmm. any higher and it just gets bizonkers right essentially okay right cool cool yeah sorry carry on
1: the trade-off there is that we have nine pre-generated characters that go with the adventure okay yeah so there's quite a few you could have nine players you could have two players and have those two players each running four characters and the dm take one and run it more as a funnel and Mm. any combination thereof in between uh there are nine people nine people are not going to make it out of this adventure no matter which way you cut it um yeah character death is expected expected it's highly expected um we're looking at mm five at most probably yeah that's that's being gracious um and the key there is and i don't want to sideline this too much but mm. it's hard to talk about this without explaining explaining in a little more detail mm-hmm. is this this adventure serves as an introductory into our larger dreadland setting as yeah, i mentioned yeah, yeah, and yeah. one of the things that this that this adventure is going to introduce is a mechanic that we've created for a larger setting book dropping in the spring called terrible ties which are essentially new character options similar to backgrounds that stay away from stepping on the toes of backgrounds yeah um that give your character a a concrete tie to something terrible or evil within the setting um this could be vampire lords werewolves abominations aberrations um hags cults cannibals all types of different things we've got, um, and just as with a background, you can you when you're writing out your character's backstory, you've you've got it and it's there on paper. Yeah. The same would be true for your terrible tie. You write it up like as it's part of your background of your character. Mm. This will be an opportunity to play through one of those terrible ties. So yeah. at the end of the adventure, you'll have an option to choose from three different terrible ties that fit the adventure. So then. When our larger setting is released later if you want to use the lights of winthrop manor as a jumping off point for your campaign starting at level zero well the ones that do make it out maybe they're no longer level zero they've now got this terrible tie that they've played through in game with the group and now they have a reason why they might go on to become an adventurer and, and what their terrible tie actually is. They can call back to it. It was that night in Winthrop Manor. So... That's it, it a in like a nutshell.
0: A, a terrible tie could almost effectively be trauma. It's like yeah, what it's was essentially, your trauma? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much your trauma. Yeah, no, that's wild. I, I I like that. I like that it I like that it provides this great backdrop for people that may want to then continue their adventures through the dreadlands. And so mm-hmm. I guess a question for this, and this doesn't uh relate specifically to Winthrop Manor, but your but your larger dreadlands setting is as your players would level it seems like a lot of the mileage you'd get from horror mm-hmm. is the fact that your players are level 0 and this seems like a mm-hmm. little bit distinct from the way you envision adventures to take place going forward right so Correct. how will you adjust to um the sort of uh i guess the the the, the growing strength of the players to the world in a w- in a way to keep it horrifying so it doesn't become business as usual to cut down mm-hmm. a bunch of butchered corpses how, how how do you how do you adjust
1: so that is a little bit of a trickier line to navigate is, um yeah. that we have been doing part of it comes into play with the 80 plus new monsters that we've created for this yeah some right. of them are some of them may not be super duper scary but they all have a much grimmer grimier it's
0: hard it's to like describe a, like a bleaker sort. there's sort of a gothic sensibility to a lot yeah it,
1: very I much think. very yeah. much um this first setting book the horrors of Glen for the dreadlands is very much in the vein of gothic horror and mm-hmm. so <clears throat> we've done ways we've done things that werewolves are always cooler than they are scary when playing a game but we've done things to up horror in other areas where it may be lacking for something like say a werewolf if you encounter yeah, a werewolf yeah. it kind of becomes the dm's purview on how to how to turn certain encounters and make them scary so yeah. for me what that essentially comes down to is um putting you know really getting that strong sense of conveying to the the dm and the player's if you're only using the monsters to make this scary, then you're not using all the tools at your disposal.
0: Ooh, that's good. That's
1: monsters good. are not simply the...
0: They're not just a stat block.
1: Right. They're not right. just a stat block and they're yeah. not just, they're not the only thing that makes something horrifying. Yeah. There are hundreds, if not thousands of things in our real world lives where monsters, supernatural monsters do yeah. not exist that are absolutely horrifying that you can draw from. Yeah, yeah. The key there is is having that all important session zero and finding out as a DM how comfortable you are with pushing the envelope of what your players are comfortable with and what is an absolute non-starter. Like, don't put this in the campaign. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah, want to yeah. see it. Like, don't touch on these themes or this type of imagery, things mm-hmm. like that. And really establishing a baseline of what lines you can and cannot cross, because that's That's why we are interested in horror, right? That's why we watch it and consume it is because we are putting ourselves in an uncomfortable space for our own enjoyment.
0: It's it's so weird. Isn't it so weird? Like it's, it's, I... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's. I I am fascinated by by horror, but I also don't sleep when I watch it. So like I I have a terrible overactive imagination, and I watched The Conjuring a lo- a while ago, which, as I understand it, was only rated R because it was so freaking scary. Like yep. there was no sex, there was no gore. It doesn't really show you anything. It's just really scary. And Mm -hmm. my wife, um, she had her wedding dress hung up in the corner of the room. (laughs) The Conjuring features prominently a woman who has been hung. And so I would wake up at like stupid o'clock at night because I'm kind of a dabbling insomniac anyway. And I'd like look up and I could swear there's like a woman hanging in the corner of the room and I would just panic for like about three (laughs) seconds while you're like waking up and trying to figure out what's happening and i'd be like oh that's right (laughs) Like, (laughs) like i'm being an idiot but um anyway i'm fascinated by it and like i think it's just it's such a bizarre thing it's like picking scabs or something it's like there's just there's just this mental thing that's just like i really really want to find out more you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. you want to go and you want to read all the wikis about like pennywise the clown and stuff and all these great like horror characters and um there there is such a draw to this primal desire in in a way to kind of just be afraid and feel your pulse raise. And, and I, I feel like the continual difficulty, and, and I like that you put a lot of emphasis on your, on your, on your DMs and session zeros and basically like sit the setting it's, you know, it's on you to keep the, to keep the blood pressure high during mm-hmm. these. Otherwise you won't get a good spurt and that's important. Right. So it's like, you know, it's, it really does need the DM to be Engaged in this and and keeping that pressure up. So you were saying before we got started that you'd kind of run a few campaigns and kind of focused a little bit on horror. Like, what are some practical ways that a DM? could uh could draw out that sense of horror in a room. I feel like descriptions would be really important. Um like letting time linger. I feel like a good sirenscape soundboard couldn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though, like is there any good pro tips you've got for this kind of work? So
1: so yeah, a good soundscape is important. Drawing things out are important. Mm. When it comes to horror, <clears throat> the biggest thing that that makes something unbearable is is the suspense and the tension of it all right the atmosphere of that that just insurmountable dread that's why a lot of times the the PG13 horror movies are all jump scares because it's what the masses can handle it's what yeah, people yeah. it's it's the popcorn horror that people can handle they're expecting jump scares to happen it's quick it's over we can move on to the next one what what seems to be a little more inaccessible to general audiences when it, especially when it comes to film is like that that mounting type of tension and terror and dread that you get with films like Beyond the Black Rainbow or The Shining Mm -hmm. or some of these other very strange and murky and atmospheric films that or or like the conjuring where it doesn't show you a lot of what's yeah. scary up front it's more about building that atmosphere yeah, yeah of just where you feel like you're holding your breath all the time and this yeah. you you're waiting for something to scary to happen so you can get that release because it's like <sighs> building in you and you're like please something happens soon i can't take much more of this yeah. you can do that same thing as a dm with the right descriptions um Great monster descriptions, yeah. finding ways to appropriately convey the gruesome nature of certain monsters, which mm-hmm. is another big thing we've put heavy focus into with our monsters is not just making them look, you know, here's a ghost. Here's a werewolf on really conveying through art and description as to how exactly they are horrifying um, and yeah. finding ways to build that that tension, not just through monsters, but through the setting set the scene where where are you what are you doing what and it it comes down to things like like setting things up in a way where it's alluding to something happening but you you can have encounters that are not resulting in combat things that are too far off for you to directly interact with but you're seeing something and it's moving and it's watching you and every time you turn a corner there's a something peaking peaking. around the corner and the The second you look away yeah yeah yeah. i mean there are ways to really yeah if you if you want to make things scary just my best advice for making things scary are not to go and watch a lot of horror movies there are horror movies you can watch that will definitely help you with that um Mm. but none of them are Paranormal activity or things like that great movie, but it's, it's not your typical popcorn fair horror movies. You got to get a little more into some of the weirder directors um, to find some cool atmospheric stuff. But, but some of the best things I've found to convey horror in a session come from watching like real ghost YouTube clips, like people catching ghosts (laughs) and whether or not they're real or not. Some of these people have made some extremely convincing fakes yeah for lack of a better word i don't know that they're fake i shouldn't say that but (laughs) but there are some extremely convincing videos that you can find on the internet of real world people just filming stuff on their phones and some bizarre stuff happening yeah and those for me are the kind of some of the scariest things you can find yeah and they they really at least for me they give me good ways to that I'm not thinking in lines of like this is what a horror director would do a horror writer would do I'm like this is proposed as a real person in real life filming on their phone what they saw yeah and that's I'm seeing everything that they saw and I have I have no reason to believe that they're making this up yeah that they, they probably are because Argos real who knows yeah. like some yeah. say yes some say no I tend to believe yeah, probably, but I don't know for certain. So mm. I have my own experiences, which yeah, I won't yeah. get into, but <laughs> talk it up to an overactive imagination. I, yeah. I I can't know. I can't truly know. But those for me are, are great little, you know, one, two minute yeah. little things yeah. you can go on and you can watch a whole bunch of them and they will like horror movies. Don't mess me up anymore. i have kind of gotten hardened to <laughs> you, that you,
0: yeah you've you, you've jumped that shark it's just yeah it's just too, too messed up to go any further
1: <laughs> yeah i just i can watch some of the most messed up yeah. weird stuff ever and sleep like a baby at night it's it's those <laughs> youtube videos man those are those are the ones that, that keep me you up away. yeah
0: that's I, I and i think it's the implication that it that it could be and right that's, that's and I, I, what I really like, though, is here the the emphasis on patience in your storytelling, because I think um, too often, like one one of my big things about TTRPG is that people forget that it's performance art, mm-hmm. and like they think you know, it's, it's most DMs prep like they're novelists and mm-hmm. they just write and write and write and write. And I love that in the materials you're making, you grant space for performance art in there. You grant space for a little bit of improv and ad-libbing in order to kind of fit this in and to suit it to your party. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a major part, it seems, of what you're saying is that, the the kind of trappings of it and the mechanics there there's an element to which that's important. That's why you chose the commoner setup is because Mm -hmm. you you wanted to build that tension and that sense of vulnerability. I think vulnerability is an important feeling in horror, but like the emphasis is on the narration, the storytelling, the atmosphere, essentially the world building, the way Mm -hmm. that people look around and they see the potential for danger is, is scarier than danger. (laughs) Exactly. And, that's phenomenal
1: yeah forget the stat block for a minute just use take this creature and set the stat block to the side for a moment and just play up what it's doing to to terrorize the party before they ever get into any type of proximity to fight it or run from it put them in a position yeah. to
0: fear it. no <laughs> yeah
1: to fear it exactly yeah,
0: yeah. I, th- I think I think really like the tagline I almost want to throw at this is like leave room for fear. Like you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> yeah. it. like leave leave some of that leave some of that space in order to let that tension build. And um yeah, I think I think that's phenomenal. So um look, how shut up and take my money. Where where do we find you? Like how do how do we how do we get on board with your Kickstarter?
1: So you can go on Kickstarter and you can look up um the lights of Winthrop Manor 5E. Yeah. Um I've posted it just about to every social media we have. We'll put it
0: in the show (laughs) notes as well. Add one more for you.
1: (laughs) Okay, perfect. And um, yeah, we we currently funded. We funded in just a little bit under eight hours on our first day. But we we always want to see. Thank you. We always want to see what kind of cool stretch goals we can unlock and and push towards to make this thing bigger and better and cooler and more fun. Yeah. As a as a really immersive experience, yeah, yeah, or just a one shot.
0: That's rad. And uh, you guys had some pretty neat stretch goals going forward. I think I saw something holographic on there. Did I? Yeah, that's it's a sticker, a little <laughs> holographic sticker. It's not the not the most maybe not the most exciting, but a lot of people love stickers. I put stickers on everything. My, my son loves stickers as well. Like I, mean, I never grew out of it. Yeah. 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 I I don't see why anybody should grow out of that, but yeah, look, man, it's been fantastic having you on here. I've, I feel like I've learned a lot about how I'm, Going to run horror games in the future, and it seems like what you've created is a really good resource to provide a lot of that. You, you've done a lot of the legwork in providing the flavor text and mm-hmm. the stat blocks and the environment to give the DM room to create fear. You know exactly. what I mean? Room to just kind of work around the margins of what you've created. Mm-hmm. So, man, I'm looking forward to it, and you'll you'll have to come back on again sometime to talk to us a little bit more about Dreadlands proper. I
1: would love that. I would love that. And there's there's a little more in that um, that we talked about mechanically that we're doing to up the tension and things like that, but we'll get into that another time.
0: I'd be super into that. That is half the reason we started this podcast. <laughs> we like D&D. <laughs> and Excellent. Games. All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for joining the World Craft Club podcast. Please go ahead and like us, subscribe to us on your preferred app. And if you use iTunes, rate us five stars if you think we're worth the rating. It really helps our numbers. If you're listening here, you're missing out on half the content along with loads of other goodies. So please consider becoming an exclusive club member at our Patreon page, starting at as low as $5 a month. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and jump on our webpage, worldcraftclub.com, to get the latest updates on our blog. We're also available on Twitter and Instagram. This has been the World Craft Club podcast. Thank you for listening.